0: And welcome back to another episode. So, you know how we like creepy things, right? Yeah, yeah, you do. And apparently, you guys do as well. So, I'm doing an episode on this book. It's another Ava Does Audible. Woo! It's titled, The Big Book of Maryland Ghost Stories. Because if you didn't know, I love Maryland. Yes, it's a state in the U.S. For those of you who do not know that. I didn't either. I don't blame you. Um, And it's by Ed... Oconwigs, Oconwigs. I'm probably not saying that correctly. I don't know how to say it, but yeah. Alrighty. So there's a bunch of different stories in here. Um, but the one that I'm going to read, it's called Pig Woman. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 gonna be a weirder one, but alrighty. Let's get into it. After an ad. Woo. Alrighty, now let's do this. <clears throat> pig woman, one of Maryland's best folk tales and one that seems to have generated considerable interest, involves the pig woman. The horrid witch-like creature has been described as one-third human, one-third animal, and one-third ghost. Although there have been sightings in the mountain country co- counties. And along the marshes of eastern shore, a few versions of the story have been passed down for generations by residents in the, we- in the northeast corner of the state. In the late 1800s, two young girls were walking down a road a few miles south of the village of northeast and noticed a fire blazing in an old farmhouse. As they stood back and watched the flames consume the wood structure, they saw an old woman appear to fall from the second floor window and crash to the ground. The girls raced to help the burning woman, who was screaming in pain, as she rolled over and across the ground, but then stopped moving. As they got within arm's reach of the smoldering flesh, the stench caused each girl to cover her nose and mouth. While they looked down at the back of what they thought with a deep-fried corpse, the old woman jumped suddenly to her feet. With a large halo of gray smoke surrounding her charred body, the hairless hag faced the schoolgirls who immediately turned and ran when they glimpsed the old lady's disfigured face. Later, they described the victim's head as a burnt piece of meat that looked like the face of an ugly pig. At that moment, the legend of the pig lady was born. At this grotesque looking monster is said to live in the woods and river banks outside of the river town of northeast the creature appears late in, in the evenings crossing back roads on her way to find food to steal she is also said to look for an unattended young child to scare to death and take into the woods and eat for dinner others warn nighttime drivers to avoid old an old wooden bridge located on this, on a side road in the thick forests of s- south of the town. Some say a solitary car will stop unexpectedly and for no reason. When the confused driver exits the vehicle to check under the hood, he finds nothing wrong, but within a few seconds after he returns to his seat at the wheel, he discovers he's not alone. Unexplained scratching sounds originating from the vehicle's fenders, trunk, roof, and hood break the quiet of night. When the terrified victim looks into the rear-view mirror, he sees the distorted face of the pigwoman. Simultaneously, the snout of the same wicked face is pressed against the front windshield, and the monster's hoofed hands bang frantically against the vehicle's roof and trunk, demanding entry. Those who run from the car to seek help on foot are never seen again. Victims who remain in the car are better off since the vehicle's engine eventually comes back to life, allowing the driver to speed away. But when he or she returns to the safety of the home driveway, the terrified victim notices distant dents and marks covering the body of the car. Anyone who has survived such an encounter with the pig woman refuses to drive that road again, whether alone or accompanied. And during neither the day nor the evening, this last version of the legend originated in the 1960s, when the pig woman was allegedly roaming the area around rising sun in northern cecil county close to mason dixon inn teenagers in those days made it a habit to park late at night in an area near the town dump somewhat regularly an old woman with a contorted figure a round pig-like head and a snout of a nose would come out of the woods and beat on the windows of the teenagers' cars As the scared couples drove off into the darkness, they could see the ominous figure of the pig woman waving her arms and shouting at them in the distance. Each time the story was told, the pig woman's story became a bit scarier. As years passed, some parents would show youngsters the old pig woman mask they had worn during their high school days when they terrorized lovers parked near the town dump. Woo! That's the end of that story and yeah. I I quite like it. It's nice. And um here's the next one. Woo. Okay, so I talked about this one um in my Urban Myths and Legends like scary stories episode about the devil's card game, but here's the like original like this is the story It's in the book, and not just my memory of it. So, alrighty, let's get started. Devil's Card Game They say if the devil lives anywhere, he lives in New Orleans. Even if that is true, a well-known legend seems to indicate Satan had made a noteworthy stop in Prince George's County during one of his travels. In 1976, article on local ghosts, a long-time resident of Oakland's Manor near Laurel. He said her home is believed to have been the setting for a story about the devil and a card game. The same story is said to have occurred in a long-ago torn-down mansion in Croom, as well as a few other sites around Maryland and beyond. One evening, five men were playing cards in the mansion's library. It was in the late... N- 1700s during George Washington's lifetime. In the midst of the game, one of the gamblers, a doctor, was called away to respond to a medical emergency. The other men became very upset at losing one of their regular players. One of the frustrated men, who had spent as much time of the evening drinking as he had gambling, blurted out, I'd play cards with the devil if he were here. During this period of time, the home where the game was taking place was located on a well-traveled road. And the arrival of an unannounced travellers was not uncommon within minutes of the man's flippant comment there were not there was a knocking at the front door of the house when the host opened the door a mysterious-looking stranger dressed in dark clothing and with a pair of unusual unusual unusually cold black eyes entered the foyer. The owner sighed at the guest into the registr the owner signed the guest into the registration book and gave him the key to his room. A short time after walking about the downstairs of the building, the late arri- the ri- the late arriver entered the library for a brief- for a brief period of time. The stranger warmed himself by the fire and seemed to be happy reading a book. However, after an hour had gone by, during in which- during which the man had silently observed the ongoing card game, The new guest rose, walked to the gaming table, pointed a long, thin finger toward, toward the doctor's empty seat, and asked if he could join the group. Initially, the other four men were pleased to have a new player that they might take advantage of, so they happily welcomed the stranger into the game. The five men played cards throughout the night, and the spirited game extended into the early hours of the morning. Just before sunrise, the stranger rose suddenly and said he must leave. A few of the men began to protest, complaining they needed more time to recoup some of their substantial losses. In response, the stranger gave them a sharp, threatening look, and the men's complaints stopped in mid-sentence. As the the man gathered up his winnings, the dejected victims dwelled silently on the lifetime lifetime of earnings each player had lost. Player 1 had signed over control of his bank. Player 2 had lost his shipping business. Player 3 would have to tell his family that they were moving out of their plantation home. Player 4 was trying to figure out how to break the news to his daughter that she was to be married in the coming weeks to the, in the, coming weeks to the unnamed dark-eyed man dressed in black. With an evil smile, the winner nodded, announced he would send an associate to handle the legal details and collect his winnings, and then turned away from the table. As the dark stranger walked toward the door... The beaten men noticed a forked tail jutting out from beneath the lower portion of the stranger's great coat. They later agreed that they had also noticed the distinct unpleasant smell of sulfur and brimstone permeate the room. As generations passed, slaves on that plantation told the rest of the tale. They said that the sun had begun to rise just as the devil mounted the steps in front of the mansion. To escape the deadly rays, the stranger ran behind the building in the safety of the shade, disappeared through a large hole that had not been there before. Apparently, the in- indentation remained on the property for centuries despite attempts to fill it in. A succession of different owners lived on the estate in the hundreds of years since it was built. In Brian Burns' bicentennial years, are. Residential Years article, Spirits That Go Flat in the Night. The homeowners at the time explained that since they raised horses, such a depression like the one in the story, which they believed was nothing more than a bottomless sinkhole, could have caused very serious injury to the animals. They made sure that The area around the hole was fenced in so no horse would have an accident and break any of its limbs. The owner of Oaklands at that time also acknowledged the number of strange incidents over the years. A young girl who lived in the home reported hearing the hoofbeats of running horses, although all such animals were secure in the stables. An overnight guest said he had been awakened during the night and found his bed shaking violently. The most bothersome event occurred on a Sunday morning and involved a prayer book. An owner could not find her book and began to search when she glanced through the floor of her bedroom she saw several pages from the prayer book scattered across the room she rushed down the hall to wake her daughter and tell her about the incident but noticed more pages lying about the younger woman's bedroom both women began searching the house for the missing book when they arrived on the first floor the prayer book which had been in good condition with no loose bindings was sitting on the dining room table It was obvious that the missing pages had been ripped out from the bindings. Who had attacked the holy book was never determined. Author Troy Taylor wrote about the history and several of the ghost stories associated with Oakland's. Both George Washington and Abraham Lincoln visited the historic home, which had served as a stagecoach stop one of the early owners was an officer robert E. Lee, in robert e lee's army of northern virginia during the civil war it's believed that this man later suffered from depression and was insane when he died later owners attributed to the attributed sudden sounds and loud footsteps to the ghost of the restless major some residents said they have smelled flowers when none were in the building and have seen a rocking chair moving on its own the apparition of a small boy in an upstairs bedroom might be one of the officer's children since hundreds of slaves had worked the property reports of the ghosts of a lar- reports of the ghosts of a large black woman and a black man dressed in work clothes are not surprising at times the night's silence has been pierced by the sound of a woman weeping somewhere from somewhere inside the home. there And there have been reports of a shrill scream coming from the nearby woods. Years ago, a woman was murdered in that area, and her killer was never identified. That's the end of that one. Again, one of my favorites. That's why it's stuck in my head. Um, yeah. That's all I'm going to read from the big book. Of Maryland Ghost Stories. And. uh, I would do more. But this is a library book. From my school. Which I will probably return next week. Um, Tell me if you want to do more. And I'll try to get it back. But no promises. Because I have had this book for most of the year. Because it is very large. Because there's roughly. There's probably like. Maybe like 50. Okay. Never mind, maybe like a hundred different stories, so it takes a lot to, um, read all of them, but I hope that you guys liked this episode, and I know, and I'm very sorry that I have not posted in a while, um, that because I've been busy and also haven't just, just haven't found, like, good inspiration until I realized, oh, just read this, um, So, I apologize for that, but I hope that you like this episode, and I hope that you aren't too angry at me for taking a long break, um, yeah, I hope that you guys have a wonderful day, or night, um, yeah, bye!